I'm Chris Turner, and this is the Empowered Parent Podcast. Greetings, and welcome once again to the Empowered Parent Podcast. Joining me, as always, are Ryan and Kayla North. Hi, guys. Hey, Chris. Christopher. So I was thinking about that today, that no one ever calls me that except for you. That's true. It's it's our special... Do you, I mean, but like, like you at least have options, right? You could be Chris, Christopher, Topher, maybe, I know that's, no, I know. Topher, do you ever go by Topher? I've never ever once gone no, by Topher. No, I'm not saying he has. Okay. I'm, saying, like, I'm saying the name Christopher presents multiple options. R- Ryan basically presents Ryan. Or Rye Rye. Rye Rye, there you go. Rye, I was going to go with Rye Rye. Okay. Who calls you Rye Rye? I've heard somebody oh, call you that. No, before. listen, don't because maybe one of your cousins or something. Yeah, well, now if we meet podcast listeners, they're going to call me Rye Rye, and I have you two knuckleheads to thank for that. Uh, <laughs> well, I was just thinking, you know, because we call Tyler Ty Ty sometimes because of his of his younger siblings calling him yes. that when they were younger, and, and I've, so I'm, now it's Rye Rye Ty Ty. And my aunt name is KK, so yeah. like well, that's what all the Nieces and nephew. Call Our oldest me, nephew so. couldn't say Kayla. It came out as KK, and so she's KK to everybody. Yeah, um, everybody calls me KK. She even likes. Well, my mom was my mom was Aunt Nini to all of my cousins on her side of the family because none of them could pronounce Anita when they were, you know, uh, two did years you say old. Nini. <laughs> Aunt Nini. Yeah. Aunt Nini. That's yeah, awesome. I love that. Well, I love little nicknames that kids give. Yeah. Before. People. Well, my. Gr- my grandmother was Nanny because I couldn't say I was the oldest grandchild on that side of the family. Yeah. She wanted to be called Granny and Granddaddy. And the first thing I ever called him was Doodoo. <laughs> <laughs> I eventually got to Granddaddy, oh, but, but that's a big mouthful. That's a oh, big mouthful gosh. for, you know, a, a little tyke. And she wanted to be called Granny. But I can never get the gr down. It came out nanny, and so it stuck. So that's what she she no, was thinking, until she died. She was nanny. If you want to make sure See, you my... don't bond with your grand your grandchildren, have them called you doo doo. <laughs> wow. See my uh, my mom's parents. I was supposed to call them Nana and Papa. That was supposed to be their grandparent names. And I was the first grandkid, and so I couldn't say them either. So that came out as Nano. And Baba, which and nice. it stuck. You know, my mom said she was like, you know, when I got to be older, she was like, "Do you want me to correct her?" And they were like, "Oh it's no, jarling. we are Nano and Baba. Like that is our name. That's our grandparent name, and that is that's their grandparent name." So on my mom's side of the family, it was Mama and Papa, and I had nothing yeah. to do with that because I had what five older cousins right. on that side of the family. So they took care of that a long time ago. So when we had kids, and we were kind of asking. The, the new grandparents, what do they want to be called? My mother was very adamant. I'm grandma. Mm. I, I can be grandma Turner because <laughs> distinguish between the two. Yeah, whatever you right. need to add on, I'm fine with, but I'm going to be grandma. I'm not going to be some weird little name that. <laughs> well, Ke- Kayla's dad. She did not want to keep Kayla's dad's kind of like no, that. She didn't want to he wanted to be name. grandpa. His father before him was grandpa. So, so, so my father-in-law's uh, dad got upgraded to great grandpa, which is, which is, yeah. which is even what the grandkids called him, uh, yeah. and not just his great grandchildren, but like my, my parents wanted to be, uh, my mother ha- is of Dutch heritage. So she wanted to be Oma, which is pretty typical in both German and Dutch for grandmother. And my dad yep. wanted to be Papa. 
And then one day, so they were Omar and Papa for a while. And so now the kids all call my dad Pops. Um, I think the same nephew that named Kayla KK Pops kind of came out of his mouth. And that kind of, so that's, to, so that's where actually the girls call him Papa still, but all the boy, the boy grandchildren call him Pops. And, yeah. um, and then my mother was Omi until, I don't know, Tori was about four years old, maybe. And we were leaving my parents' house after having lunch with them one day. And the kids, you know, I don't know what it's like in your family, Chris, but in my, in our family, both sides, mine and Kayla, goodbyes take forever. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm just like, goodbye, everybody. And I go and wait and like sit impatiently in the car. I can't stand long goodbyes. And, <laughs> and, maybe, and maybe it's, you know, and I've given it some thought. Maybe it's because when I was 18, we, we moved from the country I was born in to, to a country I'd never lived in mm -hmm. and, and goodbyes are triggering for me. It's probably it. Um, I, I'd rather it would be that than I'm just difficult and don't deal well with goodbyes. <laughs> Uh, or, or, it's always handy to have an excuse. Not an excuse. To a, fall back a reason. On. What is this episode one for you? It's a reason, bro. Well, and I don't think I've ever heard you say that before. But that, makes sense. that is interesting. That that makes a lot of sense because that was a pretty big. I mean, you didn't want to move. I, I didn't at the time. No, to the U.S. I didn't at the time. Absolutely not. And so you were. It was a. It was a trauma for you. I mean, because you. That was before the age of emails and you know facetime and all that kind of stuff i mean that was well it was just before yeah i know i mean like you would write ago. a letter <laughs> and then it would be on yeah. a boat because like airmail was ridiculously expensive and then we'd get to you know six weeks later and then you know when they thought about it and so like your response was like you know three four months later if you just did just did uh letters so anyhow, um, so we're leaving one day, and it's a long drawn goodbye. And we finally get everybody in the car. Then the car, the kids want the windows down so they can yell goodbye and blow kisses. And Tori, age four, yells out to Omar, "Omi is my homie." And so since that day, my my, my parents, Omi has yeah, my stuck. parents have been pops and Omi. I like that. I've I've already kind of started putting the word out to my children that um, when I become a grandfather, hopefully. A little far farther, future. Like, far future, yes. Eight-year-old? he's nine, My bad. He is the youngest, <laughs> but, you know. Um, I, I, I'm declaring Pops or Papa. Like, I, I, I kind of like those. Yeah. And it's yeah. a little different from everything else. Well, Papa's kind of close, but... Yeah. You know, I'm so used to Grandpa or Granddaddy on, on you know, the other side of the family that... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go... With a little something different. Goes whatever comes yeah, out of the kids. I'm go with whatever comes out of the kids' yeah. mouths. <laughs> Doo doo. You you gotta have something. You gotta start with something. Like you gotta have something when they're pre. Yeah, how can a, how can a two year old? You? How can a two year old? Like if you tell the two year old to call me Your Highness, um, <laughs> uh, hee haw. I'd be because I'd be hee haw. You, I your, was royal, say, your royal, your royal Majesty. Be, you might become Heine, and I don't know if you want to do that. <laughs> there, there some, there, that might be what comes out. There are some out. people who think think of me in that way already, dear. So I'm. <laughs> I love not being in the same room. With, oh my actually, gosh. I really love not recording in the same room with you guys, to be honest, because I can't get whacked, kicked under the table, or. Oh. And, and, the, and the death stairs lose all of their power because now that Kayla's on video, she's not making like shut up face like she sometimes does when we're in the same room and not on video. For those of uh, those wondering, uh, Chris is at his oh home, which is maybe 10 or 15 minutes from us. I'm at our dining room table and Kayla is in our bedroom. So um, that is how we are socially distancing. 
That's <laughs> yeah, it works Actually, out from nicely. A technology, I mean, I think and, and, and that's not a background like a Zoom thing. That's, that's real books. Those are actual books on an actual bookshelf. Yeah. So I was yeah. I was on a meeting the other day. Very envious of your. Office. I was on a meeting the other day, and, and the guy who called the meeting uh, had a little bit of Q and A at the end, and then some other folks were, were helping him manage the Q and A, and he. I would had shared his screen for his presentation and uh he he had not clicked stop sharing so he was cycling through all the different backgrounds and kind of like checking himself out and like and eventually said hey just so you know we can see you <laughs> well you know given the news lately it could have been worse that's hilarious no oh so what do we talk about today me. chris well actually it's what Kayla wants to talk about. Yes, we're kind of. I'm going to turn things over to her. I get to be the host. She gets to be the hostess with the mostess. That's right. Well, I was just thinking. You know, whenever we go to Facebook groups, it's a bunch of moms. And whenever we have classes, unless we require dads to be there, Mm. it's a bunch of moms. And whenever we have trainings or conferences, now I will say it's getting, we're finding more and more dads are coming on board. I mean, obviously this podcast, you guys are both dads and you're all on board with connected parenting. (laughs) (laughs) You're all on board with connected parenting. But I, I mean, I remember when we first started learning some of these principles and Ryan was kind of like, I don't know about that. I mean, this sounds a little like, you know, loosey-goosey, permissive. Lots of hugs. I mean, a little too touchy-feely. That's what I said. <clears throat> a little too touchy-feely. What I, what I said yeah. was, so, um, baby, just sounds like if we can hug him enough, everything's going to be okay. Right. And so I... But and lo I and behold, to some, degree, to some degree, that's exactly what it is. I wasn't obtuse. I was in sight. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely more than just hugging, but I, but I was thinking like, I know that there are moms that are listening and they're trying, they want their dad, you know, they're not their dads. They want their husbands. Well, well, in some cases, yes, they do want their dads. Dad, if you listen to this, my childhood will make more sense. (laughs) But they want their husbands to, to listen Mm, to the podcast, or maybe there are dads that are listening to the podcast and, um, I'm sure there are probably more dads just because there are dads on this podcast, right? There's there's a lot of podcasts out there that have just moms talking. And so I just thought I'd ask you guys like some questions about what, well, just to start, like what was it about connected parenting that made you go, hmm, maybe we should try this? Is there anything you can think of? No, no I mean, I, I do. So I, if you I can go first, Chris. Um, because because sure. Kelly said we had to is not an acceptable answer. <laughs> uh, I, I remember, um, you know, um, we went to a tapestry conference 13 years ago now, maybe. I think it was the second one. And a, uh, at the time, a, a little-known professor from a small school in Fort Worth called TCU uh, small i I, I mean compared to the university of texas i'd I'd say you know it was small but uh this little known professor who had you know just in in the last couple of years maybe had published a book called the connected child and she was up there and and back then it wasn't multiple breakouts it was just you know there was one room and the and the option was listening to the purpose for most of the day and i remember sitting there 
um, and, and and really kind of like, are you serious? And then near the kind of the middle, if I recall correctly, um, she said this, and, and it has stuck with me forever. Um, she said, there's nothing special about what we're doing. We just remember the way our grandmothers treated us, and we're trying to do that. And it really got my attention because I, I remember my, my grandmother, um, the, the woman who raised my father, my, my father's mother. Um, she was not biologically uh, his mother. Um, it was more sort of what we would today would term a kinship placement, although no such thing existed in the mid-1950s, uh, particularly not in South Africa. And uh, and so it was the only grandmother I, I, I know, but, but the kindest person I've ever known in my whole life. You know, she passed in 1989, so she's been gone for 31 years now, and I still think of her fondly a lot. Um, now, I was telling Kayla the other day, um, you know, the America I moved to is not the America I live in, and, and all I mean by that is that when we moved here in 1994, the vast majority of products that I was used to consuming were not available. Now you can buy you know, half of, half of the products from my childhood at your local Walmart, including brands of tea and, and energy drinks, right? And so there's this, this brand of tea that, that has appeared on the shelves of Walmart lately. And so we've been buying it. And I told Kayla yesterday, I really love that tea because every single time I have it, I think of sitting and having tea with my grandmother. Because, mm. uh, you know, if we couldn't sleep at night, we'd come out and... And, and, you know, she lived out just out in the country, uh, not on a farm, but, but in, a, in a rural area. And, you know, she'd be sitting and, you know, just like kind of maybe sewing or knitting by candlelight. There was no television uh, and listening to some music. And then we'd, we'd, we'd come out there and uh, I'd say, um, I can't sleep. And she wouldn't say, go back to bed. She said, well, come sit here with your head on my shoulder. Or I'd say, I'm hungry. And she wouldn't say, you should have eaten your dinner. She'd fire up the gas stove and, uh, and fry me a cup. Of the, that was her go-to, fried egg on toast. And no matter how long, like if she was still awake and I woke up, she would do that. And she was so kind. And, and I've remembered those words of Karen's here, here in 2020. And we've really tried to do that more with our children. Um, and we've seen the results. And so it was when she said, just remember the way your grandmother treated you and try to treat your kids like that. Minus, of course, the staying up as late as possible, having all the stuff that grandparents do to make sure they're the favorite grandparent. Uh, minus all of that <laughs> stuff. Overload, yeah, the, overload sugar. the sugar. Not enough sleep and then complain about the behavior. Um, minus that <laughs> stuff. Um, you know, that, that's really when, when all this got my attention. I think for me, it the aha moment, because, yeah, I, like a lot of dads, I was kind of like, oh, what is this touchy-feely nonsense I'm going to have to go listen to? But I think the aha moment for me was the first time we took uh, one of the classes, and Michael and Amy Monroe were teaching it that first time, and we were talking about um, in utero trauma or, 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 mm. or birth trauma. I never really thought about that before. I mean, you know, I guess maybe intellectually the abstract, oh, you know, fetal alcohol syndrome, sure, you know, but because it's always, it's like one of those things of you may not really understand something or you may not care about something as much until you're directly affected by it. And when, when they 
when they started putting those concepts into terms that I could understand and then directly relate to a child who was already living in my home, because for anybody who's new to the podcast, my biological child has three of the six markers of a kid from a hard place because early childhood, you know, I mean, early uh, prenatal trauma, you know, difficult delivery. He was in the NICU for for seven weeks after mm. he was born nine weeks early. Wow. You know, he, he's got three of the six right off the bat. He's my biological kid. And so once I, once that kind of sunk in, I realized that, okay, yeah, this isn't just a normal, normal, you know, in air quotes there uh, for anybody who's not watching the video, <laughs> um, you know, birth of and and what have you and so that that was what kind of got me to into thinking differently about parenting was that my child is starting from a position that not a lot of other children are starting Mm -hmm. from and there's going to be issues because of that and sure enough you know by the time he hit he hit uh, second grade he was wearing glasses and you know that goes back to his premature birth and whatever development stuff what it was supposed to have happened didn't happen when it was supposed to. You know, I didn't get glasses till I was, you know, turning 30. And, you know, Kelly even later than that. So, you know, wearing, having to have glasses that young as a kid was like a totally foreign concept for me. And so, yeah, that was, that was when it all started kind of making sense was putting it in those terms that could relate to the child that was already in mm-hmm. my house. And then be able to see those, because when we took our first class, I'm not actually sure we we had adopted uh, mm. Samuel yet. I, we may have still been in waiting families. I'll have to ask Kelly. She probably has a better timeline uh, in her head about that stuff. But because um, that was kind of how we got into the whole adoption foster care world was the the waiting families groups that that Tapestry does. And so, yeah, that's that's how I was able to relate to it. Was mm. and then you know being in the delivery room when our second child was born you know, being there with his birth mom um i can see how birth is a traumatic experience for both the baby as well as mom you know and so that again that kind of made me think about and then only what he went through for the first 24 hours that he was out of the womb and that kind of stuff so yeah that's that was kind of the light bulb moment for me was thinking was learning about all that and then that I was on board. Well, what's interesting, though, as long as I've known you, I, I don't think I, I knew that you guys were in the delivery room with with your second son's at your second son's birth. Yeah, well, I just, I just learned go. something new. You, you know, um, Kayla, I, I, you probably have more questions, but you triggered a conversation here. So, <laughs> like <laughs> no, Crystal told me, if you if you I... want us to stop talking, you're probably just going to have to jump <clears throat> in and ask a different question. Um, you know, when so so Karen got my attention with those comments, and then. And then, um, you know, it's funny how, how we often don't remember the way things were when they're different to the way things are, um, you know, because, you know, sadly, she she passed, what, four years ago now? Mm. Something like that. Yeah, I think yeah. it was four years ago now. Yeah. So it's been a while. But, um, you know, everybody knows of her and, and thinks of her as Karen Purvis. But Karen Purvis wasn't always Karen Purvis. At, at one point, she was you know, third or fourth tier breakout speaker at conference with 20 people in the room. And her book was mostly being rejected, particularly in church circles, because um, of its lack of, of telling people about corporal punishment of their children. 
And the reason I know that is because one of the first things that happened when we kind of got involved with all of this is we were asked to read the book and write a review from a, from a Christian uh, family's perspective of the book because they were really trying to, to get churches on board with this kind of parenting because her point was always, look, this reflects the heart of God. And it is how the Lord chooses to deal with us. And we believe that it is right that we choose to deal with our children this way. Uh, and then, you know, Empower to Connect was, was, was developed. And we were asked to be one of eight families that, that piloted that program as they were developing that. Uh, when, I, when I share this fact with people, they typically get jealous because when we went through, through it, now, you know, there's, <clears throat> there's hundreds of Empower to Connect trainers across the U.S. and Canada. There's even one couple in, in my native South Africa. Uh, and now, and, but, but back then when I tell those people that Karen Purvis came to class and that's how we got to know her, they're all very jealous. Um, and then they asked us if we, we would do part of a neurotransmitter study with our daughter. They took, you know, tested all of her levels and then wanted us to parent with these principles in mind for a year and, uh, and to see if, if, if parenting with connection in mind actually made a difference at a, neuro, at a neuro, neurotransmitter level in a child's brain. Uh, we're happy to tell you that it does. Uh, my wife wanted us to um, say, agree to it and said, I, I'd, like for us to, um, I'd like for us to blog about, to journal about it, uh, to keep ourselves honest. I said, are you a million years old lady? Let's blog about it. That's what all the kids are doing these days. Please remember this was 13, 12, 13 years ago. ago. <laughs> and so, uh, and then, and then the blog pre, pre social. Pre -social networks. I mean, there was no Facebook back then. And yeah. so, and so Kayla wanted to call the blog one big happy home. It was sort of her name it and claim it prophetic word. Um, I was happy to call it one medium sized home with joy, but uh, Turns out one big happy home one. We have six children. Uh, it's one big loud home most of the days, but it is a happy place, I think. It's very I think loud. it's mostly a happy place. Um, and so we started writing about it just to kind of keep ourselves honest. Uh, but we're, we're going down memory lane right now, Kayla. And then, then Annie McClellan, who used to be involved with Tapestry, uh, read one of the posts and sent it to the Monroes, who apparently sent it to Dr. Purvis who then asked us if we'd start writing for Empower to Connect. So that really forced us to be honest because not just that we agreed to the rules of the study, but now all of a sudden we were speaking about this stuff like we knew what we were doing. And so we figured, well, we better go all in here. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of our story. Yeah, something you were talking about uh, there at the beginning, Ryan, about the grandmothers and, you know, and Dr. Purvis's you know, quote there. Uh, you know, my grandmothers were very essential in, in my upbringing, especially my dad's mom, because uh, when I was mere months old, my father uh, elected to join the Navy. Did he sail the seven seas? He Well, he sailed a couple, at least, because um, this was during the Vietnam conflict. Wow. And, you know, my dad had the... Uh, the kind of allergies that you don't want to have as a soldier or a Marine in the jungle because, you know, they might give away your position to the enemy mm -hmm. and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But he still believed in serving his country. And he also kind of figured that no one cares if you're sneezing all the time on a boat yeah. out in the middle of the ocean. And so um, he joined the Navy. And so as part of the support system, when he got deployed onto an aircraft carrier, 
um, my mom and I moved to Houston to be with my grandparents, his parents, because that's where they were living at the time. My uh, my grandfather was a regional sales rep and working out of Houston, and I was over at my grandmother's house every day. She was my caregiver. My mom w- was working, my grandfather was working, and my grandmother was looking after me. And so when my dad got out of the Navy and he got his job with uh, at what at the time was AT&T Bell Telephone, because once <laughs> upon a time, there was only one phone company in the entire country. Um, and he got that job as a result of the training he got in the Navy. So he's one of those you know, military uh, specialty future job training success yeah. stories. Um, we, he eventually got moved to Baton Rouge. Well, he was given his choice of, of where to move out of, like, I think, three cities. And one of those cities was Baton Rouge. Well, my uncle, his younger brother, was already there. Uh, also working for AT&T Bell Telephone at the time. And uh, my grandfather had recently retired at at this moment. And so they decided to follow us. And so their entire extended family was all living in the same city. And my grandparents were nine miles away from our house. And we saw them every single week when I was growing up. Now, part of that was because my sister and I developed uh, childhood allergies that required a weekly shot. And my grandmother, being the practical woman that she was, <laughs> decided there's no reason you should have to go to a doctor's office and pay, you know, a $10 or $20, you know, fee to have a, someone just, you know, walk in the door and someone stick you in the arm. She goes, I'll give you shots. And so your grandmother volunteered to give you a shot? Yeah, every week. Did that like, did that like, Make your relationship go down? No, not at all. Because, (laughs) because, well, no, because she was your grandmother, right? Like, Nanny's Nanny's not going to hurt me, right? Like, okay, the shot's going to hurt, but Nanny's going to make it as gentle as it could possibly be, right? And so, um, yeah, I found out later on, I asked my mom, like, years later, because we both eventually outgrew our allergies and we didn't have to have the shots anymore. I said, my grandma also was, um, not a well eclectic she was that too but she was uh well-rounded i guess we we could say she had different jobs a renaissance woman in her life and i kind (laughs) of asked him i said did nate was nate like a nurse's assistant or anything like that like where did she learn to give shots and and my mom's like no she never did anything like that she just decided to give it to you and she just did it (laughs) i was like oh Okay. And there was no like Google, so it wasn't like she like went <laughs> right. online and went where to give a shot. It was you know, just and, like right there in the muscle of the arm. You know, she, she I guess she figured she funny. wasn't going to hurt us if it was just always so, the same spot. But anyway, the point of this whole story <laughs> was the relationship with my grandmother. You know, both of them, but especially my dad's mom, was really close. So that whole you know being treated the way. You know, treat our kids the way our grandmothers treated us. Mm-hmm. Um, that really resonates with me because I know how much I was doted yeah. on as a grandchild, really by mm-hmm. both of them. Because with my mom's mom, we didn't see them that often. We saw them probably once a quarter when I was growing up because they lived in another state. It was a four and a half to five hour drive, you know, from our house to theirs, and. So she would dote on us when we came because she didn't see us all the time like she saw all, most of her other grandchildren because they lived relatively nearby. So yeah, that was that's a big... On those days when I'm feeling really frustrated with my kids, which is quite often at the ages that they're all at because I have a 16-year-old who thinks he's 25, a, a 12-year-old who <laughs> who probably acts more like a 12-year-old than, than any... Than, he probably acts more his age than any of the other two. 
you know, <laughs> and a nine-year-old who thinks he's a 16-year-old. So, um, yeah, those are the days when I really need to kind of go back to that, to thinking about how Nanny or Mama would have been with well, me. I, I find that when... Mm, when you were so, being a when, punk when, kid. Right. Just when you ran the ages of your children there, I, well, I thought of myself, the 12-year-old acting like a 12-year-old is problematic. <laughs> yeah. well, that's true too he acts his age but I he did. acts 12 which well, is in well, and of but, itself but, but at least he's acting 12 right like okay yeah that's kind of appropriate well, right it's still yeah. annoying I, uh, but I, you know i, oh, I, I had to remind myself today that um when i was a teenage boy like my my oldest son is that i also did know everything and and was was convinced that my parents were idiots <laughs> and so reminding myself of that um, has been pretty, pretty, pretty restorative in our relationship here the last few weeks. Well, the thing too with my with my mom's parents, my mom grew up on a dairy farm, so um, and my my grandfather, I guess he stopped farming, I guess in my late later teens. Um, but yeah, there were those opportunities even then that if I was acting like a punk kid. The, the glory of the farm was that there, well, there's always some kind of work that needs to be yes. done. <laughs> yeah. So we will lovingly correct you. And, and here, let's go move some hay bales. Yeah, we will lovingly correct you while you, <laughs> while you muck the stalls. Hey, right. um, you know, I do want to acknowledge here because I think that, you know, we both have fond memories, but I do want to acknowledge that there are people listening right now who don't have fond memories of grandma and it's possibly not no. necessarily yeah. the world's best um, it's not really resonating with with them. Um, I, I will say this though, Kayla, and I, I don't know if if you had another question you wanted to ask, or if you just want to keep the conversation. Going. I do. Okay. I've just decided that I'm not a very good hostess because I like just keep listening to you guys talking, and so I I've got a few questions in my head. Come back next week to hear Kayla's questions and more from our dads in part two of this episode. But for now. Here's Chris and Kayla to tell you more about our Facebook group and our Patreon. Uh, we do have a Facebook group for all of our podcast listeners, but Kayla, there is a catch to it that we didn't used to have. Yeah, so in 2020, we created a Patreon account. So you can find us at Empowered Parent, no, patreon.com slash Empowered Parent. I was like, oh, got that all backwards. Um, and you can become a subscriber um, and get access to that group plus tons more. We give you discounts on um, our classes that we're teaching. Post the, post we, the videos um, of the podcasts have, in that group. We have videos there. We also have, you know, depending on what level of subscription you're at, you can get a monthly Q&A with us or even an hour of parent coaching with one of us. You know, so we've got yeah. quite so you know, a few. You know <laughs> you know what parent is well have you tried yelling yet <laughs> kidding kidding oh but we love getting to know our um our listeners we've gotten to know some of you guys just through our patreon community so it's been lots of fun so if you're not yet in our podcast group um, we'd love for you to become a subscriber if you're already in and you got grandfathered in because we started this um, only in 2020, but the podcast group already had people in it. We'd love for you guys to join us as subscribers and um, just help support what we're doing because it takes a lot to get these podcasts done. And uh, so, you know, we took a break there for a while um, just because life was a little crazy and 
Um, so, but we're, we're glad to be back and regularly recording again. And, um, so we appreciate all our subscribers helping us keep this thing going. And if you found the podcast by some means other than subscribing to it in a podcast app of your choice, please subscribe to the podcast. You can do so in iTunes, uh, the Google Play Store, or whatever Google, Google's calling Google it podcast? these days. They made Google Podcast, Spotify. Thing. Yeah, uh, they, they, they made lots of changes. Yeah, and we're on Spotify as well. So uh, you know. Please subscribe, and if you've uh, gotten value from the show, we would love a rate, a nice five star rating, preferably, uh, and a review at any of those locations. The Empowered Parent Podcast is committed to helping parents of foster and adopted kids through connecting, correcting, and empowering principles. Thanks for listening.